The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, everybody. Eric France and Andre Salveson, and it's Friday. The weekend is here, right? You know, Eric, Undertaker's wrestling Goldberg right now at the uh, WWE Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. I don't know why. They're both old. What are you doing? Why'd you do that? So I can see what, what's going on outside. Why, so we can get more weather delay alerts today? Uh, oh, my word. <laughs> I was... You look so... <laughs> I apologize, everybody. That was hard. And we apologize to, uh, we apologize to Josh Parcell. He, he will definitely be joining us in the near future. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make that up to him. It was, was I've, a rough I've one. done shows where we've had weather alerts and EAS. You know, it's a weather service. It's the emergency alert system activated as it should. But somebody was a little trigger happy down at the weather service down in Salt Lake. I mean, literally every five minutes it was going off. We we could we could barely complete a thought, and that thing's going off again. And it didn't really tell us anything different. Yes, there's a big thunderstorm in the area, and it's headed our way. We know. We don't need to be reminded every five minutes. That was a little frustrating, and we're sorry if it was hard to listen to. But at the same time. It's a valuable resource that local radio provides, so we happily provide it. And uh, the weather got a little crazy out there. It did for a moment. But nonetheless, it's Friday, and a lot of fun things to discuss today. You got Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Can Toronto take a commanding lead in this series, or will Golden State tie it up? Also, Interesting information about college basketball. There is a rule change now that will move the three-point line. How will that affect the game? Uh, Specifically, uh, some news about Utah State basketball, Utah State women's basketball that we're going to be getting into today. Uh, The other day we talked about how um, Sam Merrill was very high on Andy Katz's list for the top guard in college basketball. Recently, he put out the, the top big men, and Namiash Keta is on that list. Not as high as Sam Merrill is on his respective position list, but uh, Namiash Keta was a top 10 player nationally, listed by Andy Katz, and uh, who produces content for NCAA. Uh, so anyway, some interesting things we're going to be getting into, uh, and... Uh, keeping an eye on as we get into the weekend with some other big things going on. But uh, first and foremost, let's get into this NBA Finals. Game four tonight, and uh, you just heard the news there at the top of the hour from Fox Sports Radio that Kevin Durant has been ruled out. Um, uh, Interestingly enough, surprisingly enough, Kevin Looney may be available, and... Reports seem to indicate that Clay Thompson will be available. 
Yeah. How much of a difference? Thompson more than Looney. Thompson more than Looney. But having Looney in the lineup, if he is available, is absolutely huge for Golden State. Um, again, I, and I think we may asked ourselves yesterday is how healthy, you know, how healthy are they actually going to be? Um, and I still think even a semi-healthy Thompson is very vital to that team. I think what we saw in Game Three, the absence of Clay Thompson hurt them as much defensively as it hurt oh, them offensively. Yes, absolutely. Because Toronto had freedom of movement. They were able to sling the ball all over the place. And guys were feeling pretty good out there for Toronto. And uh, that is one of the uh, under-heralded aspects of Clay Thompson's game is his defense. Having him back in the lineup tonight, that's going to be big. And, you know, and and realize as much as and as vital, and he's extremely vital... Um, you know, on the offensive side, it's gonna be more vital defensively. Um, I, I still, you know, t- Toronto can find ways to make adjustments defensively. That's what something that Coach Nick Nurse has been really good at so far. He did it to Milwaukee, shut him down, and he's kind of done it to Golden State in a way, and it's working. But now with Thompson back in the lineup, uh, how much? I mean, what adjustments does he have to make again? And with Kevin Looney, if he's in the lineup and available for tonight, even if it's minutes restriction, it's huge. What adjustments will he make? Well, and uh, also DeMarcus Cousins, we really haven't heard much about him. He, he did not look good in game three. He left the game early with ice on his leg. Uh, will he be a go? And if so, what kind of impact might he have tonight? Do you think, I don't know. Do you think that if like Looney's good to go, that's almost saying that Demarcus is not? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, because Jonas Drebko is so huge and important. <laughs> it's one of our lines. How many minutes will Jonas Drebko play tonight? <laughs> I love how you put that. That's so insulting. <laughs> well, it could be complimentary for a guy who doesn't play that much. I can't believe John used one of his pick sixes as a waste of how many times I'd use a certain word. What, what word? It's a word that I sometimes say. Well, you say lots of words. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's infrinigo. <laughs> that wasn't the word. <laughs> Is it like Frankensilver? Yeah, that's it. Frankensilver. Frankensilver. <laughs> the look on your guys' face when I said that too I knew I was wrong <laughs> it, it, it said it all hey the other side of this uh, you know Steph Curry got a really good taste of what LeBron James went through with, for four years with Cleveland um, and that's not having any help he scores 47 and, in the, and they still lose because nobody else can hit a shot with Thompson on the court it eliminates so much pressure because Thompson can create off the dribble really well for his size. And, True. and Steph Curry needs that because Steph Curry, I mean, shooting as well as he did, it's not healthy to go out and score 47 and lose a game. In fact, it's really frustrating. Oh, yeah. and, and, and for Thompson, he, he needs, if he's going to be on the court, he has to be productive. If he's not going to be productive, then he shouldn't be playing. 
I feel for Toronto fans for, that were watching the game, game three. Uh, how, Why? F- how frustrating that, that probably was listening to the announcers call the game. Because all they would do is talk about the brilliance of Steph Curry. Oh, look what Steph Curry's doing. Steph Curry's so amazing. And his team was still down by double digits. Like, come on. Talk about what Toronto's doing well. They did. Talk about what Toronto, like Pascal Siakam's doing a better job. They Talk about how Kyle Lowry's doing a better job. Kyle Lowry was not better than Steph Curry that night. No, not saying better than Steph. And Steph did have a very, very good game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he didn't have a good game. I want to recognize that he did. But uh, we see this a lot with, with Jazz games. They'll go up against a team that's in a bigger market, more quote-unquote popular, and all they'll do is rave about the other team, even if they're like getting killed. Yeah. And it's, it's a little frustrating that you don't call a game and give the respect for what the other guys are doing, too. Because even after the game, Steph Curry was amazing in game three. But they lost by a healthy margin. Let's talk about what Toronto did really, really well. Because they did some good things, too. They did some great things. And you know what? I think they'll take the, the win over the notoriety. Yeah, that's true. I'm... Of, I would be excited of, just watch why the did baskets Mike Breen, being made. Why did Mike Green say happened. three bangs for us? Well, <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, and and they'll take that win. If they win tonight, you're up three one going back to Toronto to to take care of this baby. Do you think Golden State wants to purposely go down three games to one so they can win the next three? And the whole three one joke will actually turn against people. Well, there's a lot of people that are saying. They're okay. They had a game to give. They could give that game away if they wanted. They didn't have a game to give. Oh, my gosh. Man. Because when Clay Thompson comes back, when Kevin Durant comes back, they'll fire on all cylinders and they'll clean it up and they'll win. They will. When Kevin Durant comes back, they're winning this, they're winning this series. They're down 3-1. Just having Kevin Durant back will still be the recipe for them to win. Yeah. You don't think Toronto can get just one more of those games? No. Even with Durant back in the mix? No. If Golden State gets Durant back and they're down 3-1, they're going to win the series. So Durant needs to come back by game five. Yep. Or else this baby's over. So if he doesn't come back by game five, series is over. Yeah. Yeah. And look... Regardless of tonight's outcome... Well, that's a good question. Because if Golden Man, State was, evens it up... I was cruising until you asked that. Maybe uh, it's different. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, going back to Toronto and trying to beat that team, trying to beat a team without... I mean, without, well, the best player in the world is, is hard to do. Um, If they tie it up, do they still lose? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I still say yes. I, I still think Toronto would win. Chris Mullen was saying in an article that I read um, recently in Sports Illustrated, because before Curry, Thompson, and Green slash and or Tarrant, there was an old Warriors team from the mid-90s. You know this team. Run, uh, Run DMC. Yeah, that's right. Mullen, 
Tim Hardway and Mitch Richmond. And uh, and someone had asked him, hey, your prime versus Steph Curry in this current Warriors big three prime, who wins? And Mullen says, oh, we beat them thoroughly. And then he says, wait, but for one thing, if that three does not include Durant, we win. If it includes Durant, we have no shot. Interesting. <laughs> that The current Golden State three without Durant still won a championship. So? Their three didn't. Yeah, but this, that Western Conference was better back then than it is now. Was it? Yeah. No. Yes, it was. No. 91? 92? Come on. Come on. Think before you talk, Eric. Just like we use your, use your brain before you use your words. 91 Western Conference was loaded. Think how talented that Jazz team was back in 92. And they still couldn't get past the second round. They're getting throttled by teams like Portland with Clyde Drexler, Cliff Robinson, Danny Ainge. And then uh, the Lakers were still really good. True, that was the Lakers' heyday. Um, Denver was getting up there. San Antonio was still pre- was was decent then too. Um, yeah, that Western Conference was loaded. Absolutely loaded. It was. It's a tough Western Conference. This is it. The last several years. Okay. Well. So. Okay. Well. Back. Oh. I mean. Geez. Now you're like broadening the whole category here. Well, you were saying those three in their era versus the current Golden State three in their era. Yeah, Thompson, Curry, minus Kevin Durant, and Tremont Green. I would take the '91 Warriors. Though that that I'd take Run DMC over the Splash Brothers plus one, minus Durant. <laughs> I gotta really emphasize minus Durant though, because if Durant was playing, it would be over. I think an important thing to consider is back then the three point shot was not used very much, and Tim Hardaway and some of those other guys they would step outside and shoot it every now and then, and everybody would go, "Oh my gosh, he can shoot far away!" But now, I mean, these guys are hitting it with regularity. And so if if they had the freedom and the green light to shoot like the guys today have, that could be interesting. But they didn't, so it, it, I, I have a hard time with comparisons because oh yeah, I'm with you. Eras are different, athletes are different, systems are different, what they were allowed to do, weren't allowed to do. Because, I mean, you could hand check a guy, you could be on him, out there and not give them space. And today yeah, you can't do that. There's a lot the more freedom of movement. If you today. do that to Curry, Curry, Curry's done. Curry can't you get can't through break that. free. And then and that's the problem. I mean, back then you could grab him, pull him. I mean, whatever. Practically, it was free game. Yeah, you could always have a hand on them. But they were still efficient. That team was still extremely efficient. They never won a championship. Eric, we just talked about this. Golden State minus Kevin Durant won a championship. And they had to go through a very tough Western Conference. They had to go against the best athlete in the game in, in LeBron James. The best athlete in the game? Yeah. <laughs> LeBron James is the best athlete in the game. 
Wait, when? Oh, back then? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about now for a second. I about no. laughing. No, when they, they beat the best yeah. athlete in the game. No, absolutely. Absolutely. They did. You're right. You know what? They did. They darn well did. Sure. Congratulations. They also blew a 3-1 lead to the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016 well, finals. the following year. Doesn't matter. They still blew it. Uh, to, so the keys for Golden State to uh, even this series up tonight. Someone's got to make shots besides Curry. Cook, somebody. Somebody, please, make a shot besides Curry. Uh, other team, they got to play defense. They, 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 I mean, you, you said it yesterday. A defense was atrocious. I mean, Van Fleet's getting wide open looks. Um, um, and then, uh, you know, Curry is, uh, is getting open looks. Or not Curry. Van Fleet's getting open looks. Um, Marcus Saul was, was doing whatever he wanted to in the paint. Uh, and then, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, uh, offensive rebounding for Toronto was huge. It just seemed like, you know, everything that Golden State defensively did, they were a step behind. Yeah, I, I think that the defense is, is a really big key uh, for Golden State. And having Clay Thompson in the mix uh, is going to be a big part of that. Because Pascal Siakam, in Game 2, he was taken out of his rhythm early, and he never regained it. And so he was effectively negated for the whole game. And, it, the, and in Game 2, Kawhi Leonard was able to do what he, Kawhi Leonard has been doing throughout the playoffs, but he didn't get much offensive support. Uh, and so if if Draymond Green has some support defensively with Draymond with uh, excuse me with Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. then I think that makes a big difference for Golden State. Uh, and then it also gives him more and more firepower offensively uh, as well. And I also think if Clay Thompson is still limited, then they're going to be looking for guys off the bench to do a little bit more. And uh, that's why I think the Apostle needs to do better coming off the bench. Yeah, I would say the bench is giving me another key thing. Key bench you even is, know who I'm... I, you just like didn't even pay attention there. I did. I did. I really did. Coming off the bench was going to be a key thing. <laughs> but which one? I, I named... I had someone specific in mind. Well, you left out one guy. I know that. I was. I said the apostle needs to do well coming off the bench. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when the owner walks in and distracts us and throws me off my game, then yeah, I'm gonna be a little bit. Fl- uh, what's that word? Flummoxed. Yeah, yeah, flummoxed. I'm gonna be a little bit flummoxed. Um, Quentin Cook needs to be good too. <laughs> Can we go to break? <laughs> it's Quinn Cook, but for I have wait, what did I, I have, say? Quinn Cook? You said Quentin, and I have Isn't struggled so though? hard not to refer to him as Quentin L. Cook throughout this whole series. Oh, when you said the apostle, I was like, wait, who's? Oh, I get it. <laughs> but his name is Quinn Cook. Uh, it has been so hard for me. So I'm just calling him the apostle from now on. So well, at least I had the same guy in mind. <laughs> All right, coming up on the, on the other side of this timeout, what does Toronto need to do? Their keys, if they want to take a commanding 3-1 lead in this series. Uh, who needs to step up? What are the big roles, role players 
for them in this series on the road in in Golden State. Also, there's changes in NCAA basketball. The N, the uh, Mountain West schedule has been released for Utah State. We'll update you on that as well coming up on the Full Court Press on the other side of this timeout. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I'd say we created pretty good offense all the way around. We just missed, you know, some shots. And like I said, that, that's ha- that happens in the NBA. It's a make or miss league, like everybody says. But I think the composure that we play with and try to keep things simple. Uh, at times we were, we were a little rushed, but for the most part, I like the way that we, we played offensively. That's Golden State's Steph Curry. Team trying to keep their composure. Um, yeah, I think offensively they were okay. Defensively is where they lacked. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they had a lot of problems. Yeah, and they couldn't stop anybody. Honestly, anybody. In fact, I think Fred Van Fleet really figured it, figured it out quickly that he could get to the hoop anytime he wanted. And once he did that, and Kawhi realized it, they started drawing fouls like crazy. And Golden State Warrior fans are going to sit there and whine and moan that they aren't fouls. It's contact. It's 2019, and it, 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 I mean, it's not the same anymore. Like, it's not 1995. If there's a little bit of contact, the foul call is going to be called. It's a foul. Uh, it's going to be another game for the Warriors without Kevin Durant. Before we get into Toronto and what their keys are, just some additional thoughts from, from Steph Curry about one more game without their leading scorer. Knowing he's not playing game four, um... We know what our rotations are going to be. Everybody lock in and and go win that game. And then when we get on the plane to go to Toronto, ask the same question. And, you know, we hope at some point he will be back. And and when he does, we'll, like, we've, like we said, we'll be able to transition. Do you think Kevin Durant sits on the sidelines tonight? No. If he hasn't done it then, he won't do it now. Stays in the locker room? Yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't do it, then he won't do it now. <clears throat> Toronto, he might. When they go back to Toronto, he might. I just think it's odd that he doesn't. Why? Be there to support your team on the court. Tom, you you, you noticed Tom Brady, that he to be a second coach Tom on the Brady sideline. Tom Brady tore his ACL in 08, he didn't stand on the sideline for one game. Not one game. But he knew he wasn't coming back. So? Didn't matter. If you know you're coming back or not, he still didn't go. He didn't still didn't stay on the sideline. By the NFL, you're standing a lot on the sidelines for like hours on end. In basketball game, you're sitting down the whole time. I don't don't know what Tom Brady didn't stand on the sideline because and he's on crutches. He was standing on. He wasn't on crutches the whole entire 2008 season. He was on a boot and he was walking around. Not a boot, sorry. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of a boot, actually, he was wearing for some Cruising reason. around on one of those little scooters. Yeah, right. So, and he did, and, and when he was asked about why he wouldn't be on the sideline, he said, I didn't want cameras panning to me all the time. I want the focus to be on our team in the game, not on me and what I'm doing and what I'm, you know, who I'm talking to. Um, he said there was a couple games where he sat inside the locker room, and he would wait, he'd watch the game, and then when the game ended, he would, you know, uh, Matt Castle would come in and they would talk. 
you know, about the game and what he saw and, and this and that and the other. The same thing goes for Durant. Look, he'd love to be out there helping him, but he realizes that if he goes and sits on the bench, it's going to be, why isn't he talking to Curry? Why isn't he talking to Thompson? Or does this make it easier for him to divorce himself from the No. Rules? God. No. Man, I don't, I, I don't have the energy for your dumb takes today. <laughs> I just don't. And I have a headache. It doesn't call. All right, Max Kellerman. Fine. Let's play your game. I just think if you're with the team, you're with the team. He's with the team, man. On what? You, you he's going to see things the on the court. Room. He's a great basketball player with a great basketball IQ. Okay. Wasn't he on the court? Like, when a guy comes out, substitutes out, hey, uh, notice this. Here's how you can adjust. Try to take advantage of this thing that they're doing. Great. So let's have the whole entire game on ABC be posting on who Kevin Durant's talking to. Sure. Who he's chatting to, what he's eating, if he tied his shoe correctly, if he tied his shoe at the same time Curry did, if he's sitting next to Curry, if he's not sitting next to Curry, if he's talked to Thompson all game. Let, let's, let, let's let Doris Burke report on that for us. Let us know what Kevin Durant's doing currently at the time. Doris, please. Kevin, I want to ask you, this emotion of sitting here and watching Steph Curry go through this game by himself. What does that, I mean, it makes me cry. Does it make you cry, Kevin? Yeah, please. Let's make it all about Kevin Durant. I just, I haven't seen or heard enough of it. I admit that would be a big part. The cameras would be on him a lot. but So would Doris Burke. Well, him not being out there removes that opportunity to be interviewed. I get that. But uh, I just think it's odd. I mean, you're in the finals. Be there to support your team. He is there! He's there. He's there as a hype man. It, All he is so is a what? hype man. What do you mean? In the like, tunnel. You don't think he's sitting in the All locker he's doing room helping is, him game plan? Hey, you got you this, don't man. Think he you got Kerr. this. Go hey, get it done. Look, I'm going to go back in the locker this. room. You know what? So maybe you switch him and him, I'm gonna and that eliminates the double team, and maybe gives Quinn Cook, or whatever his name is, Quinn Cook, the apostle, in open looker three. I mean, come on. He's helping him. It's because he's not sitting on the bench massaging Steph Curry's shoulders. That's Drake's job. Okay, Toronto, to get this in a commanding series lead for them, to go up 3-1, to one, I, I think it would be a huge task <laughs> to do. I, I think that uh, Golden State's going to come out with a vengeance tonight. They do not want to go down 3-1. Eric, you have not been wrong yet about these Actually, You've been on the money. Um and you know what's crazy is I think Toronto's going to win. <laughs> I don't know why, man. I think Toronto has just got infused with a huge shot of confidence winning game three. Yeah. And I think you got those fringe guys who realize that they kind of let things slip away in game two, and they now know what they need to do to be better and to secure victories. But uh, Golden State's a championship-level team. Oh, absolutely. And this again, not, is that Oracle Arena? They understand what's on the line. Crazy enough, Eric, if Oak, if Golden State were to lose this game, this could be the final game at Oracle Arena. That's true. Oh! True, and you know what? I, I, I need to make sure I say this. I, I don't know where I had this in my head. It used to be this way, but it's a 2-2-1-1-1 in this finals. It used to be 2-3-2. But um, there's two games in Toronto, two games in Golden State. 
and then it alternates locations for the final three if necessary. And I, I earlier I had said it was a two-three-two, but it's not. But I think that you're right. If if Toronto wins this one, they can wrap it up in Toronto, and the series doesn't go back to back to the Bay. And it's the last game in Oracle Arena with the sour taste of how it all ended. Yeah, uh, you know, Raptors are smelling blood. I mean, that's something that the Warriors are not used to. Usually they're the hunter, not the hunted. And now it's on the opposite side. Now they got to respond here in the NBA Finals. Um, so, but if you're Toronto, what, what are your keys? Do what you're doing. But you know what? And, and people might make fun of your boxing one and, and, and tell you you're stupid, you're lazy, that you're going back to high school. Shut up. It's the NBA Finals. You do what it takes. It worked for the last and if, five and exactly, a half minutes. And if it's working, you just stick to it. Um, if Thompson's playing, just know know your shooters. Where are they at? Know them at all times. Know where Curry is at all times. Label him, stick him. If he's coming across the screen, give him a little bit of a shoulder. Let him know that you're there. And then the same thing with Thompson. Just all eyes on those two guys. Make Dude, Thompson work. He's going to be hurt. He's going to exactly. be sore. You know he's, he's going to try to go, exactly. but he's going to be sore, so make him run Bingo. like crazy. He is not healthy, so you make him run. And defense, and you know he's going to have to move on offense a little bit, but you make him run his guts out on defense. If you can eliminate Thompson where he's just too tired or he's not feeling it, you're going to Toronto up 3-1. Because even if he gets you in this game, if you wear him out and he he is messed up with his leg, you're going to take him out for the rest of the series. I'm not not saying anybody should intentionally injure him. I'm just saying if you run him hard and make him work hard, uh, it could have a cascading effect later on as the series continues. Yeah. I also think that uh, get Danny Green going. He was crucial in Game Three. And I think he's going to be looking for a shot again in game four tonight. Um, being able to hit that outside shot, multiple guys being able to hit. Um, and, and Siakam with some renewed confidence attacking the basket. Uh, I think that multiple guys are going to have to do what they do best. And if, if, they, if they're out of rhythm, they've got to find their ways to get it back. I would agree with that. And that's ball movement and just keep moving and just don't give up. They can't get into this mode where... They tighten up and just, oh, I don't know what to do. Let's just keep giving it to Kawhi. Let him carry us. Because they, they're not going to win the series doing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but look, if it's not broken, no need to fix it, right? I, I, I would really just give, make sure you give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. If you let this thing balloon to double-digit deficit, you're in a lot of trouble. Give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. Um, if you can do that, then I... Jeez. If Toronto goes up 3-1, it's going to be stunning to a lot of people, including all of Oakland. That, that's for dang sure, Eric. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, let's get into college basketball for a bit. Uh, there is a change in college basketball to the three-point line. We'll discuss that, how that might change the game. And the Mountain West Conference has revealed its conference schedule, and it is different. It's a very different start time than what we're used to. 
And so we'll get into that and maybe their philosophy and reasoning why. And there's also some news about Utah State women's basketball coming out today, just this afternoon. We'll update you on that coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. Welcome back to the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Where you can also stream us online, 1069thefan.com. Past episodes are there under the podcast section. And on iTunes and Spotify. Yes. The podcast is out and you can subscribe to and follow us along wherever you are. However you may be. So, news today, a couple different things about college basketball. It was released, actually, yesterday, the Mountain West uh, basketball schedule, Mm -hmm. and it's very different than normal. Not, I guess, hugely different, but it is different. And it starts early, and then there's a break. It's kind of odd. And so conference games for Utah State, for example, begin on December 4th. And then there's a break. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's really odd. So they play on December 4th on a Wednesday, December 7th on a Saturday. Then they don't play again until January 1st. The, season will, the conference schedule will conclude on February 29th. And then the conference tournament is that following week at uh, at UNLV, that first weekend in mm. March. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be different. I mean, you go from playing in conference to not playing in conference, and then getting back into conference. Um, well, that creates a problem, and not is yet to be seen. Utah State will play every team home and away with the exception of Nevada and New Mexico. So Nevada will play in Logan on Saturday, January 11th, and they will play at New Mexico on Saturday, February 29th. Yeah, Nevada's just not had a good 24 hours. Not only did they find out they have to come to Utah State, but then they lose Jordan Brown today to transfer. So, Oh, that's right. They are struggling for... Any sort of positivity in life. (laughs) So, I'm looking at this, and that final portion of the schedule is a little bit, I mean, it's kind of rough. On February 15th, they go to Fresno State, and then they got Wyoming at home, and then they have a bye, but then they go on the, so they got San Jose State. And then, what am I looking at here? And then New Mexico. How funny is it that New Mexico is their final game of the year on February 29th? Where many think that it's either them or Fresno that's going to be competing with Utah State for Mountain West regular season conference championship. Well, San Diego State's going to be up there too. Uh, Utah State plays them. They host San Diego State on January 4th. And then they travel to the Aztecs on February 1st. 
So that oh yeah. One other thing has been a has been a long going gripe from me about Mountain West basketball is their scheduling. Yeah, and that when you've looked at it the last several years, every week you travel, every week you're on a plane. This year is a little bit different. Um, there are a couple of spots here in the schedule that they are home for both games that week. Mm-hmm. Or they're on the road for both games that week. So I, I think that they've finally been hearing it often enough, loud enough, not just from guys like me, but from coaches. They're like, come on. I mean, how do you expect these guys to do anything in the classroom? You've always got us on the road. Every week we're on the road. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I think Coach Smith has actually alluded to that a couple of times that um, you know, the academics is so important, but it's hard and it really is. It can be kind of exhausting when you travel that much and you've got games and practices that with all that going on, you still have academics that you must take care of. That you have to be on top of or else you're academically ineligible to play. And credit to these athletes who do it though. I mean, honestly, and if you're getting like a 3.0 or higher, that's amazing. That's incredible to me. Right, even even though these athletes do have tutors that help them. That that doesn't it, it's Yeah, they still got to do the work. Still, there's still disruption. They still got to find the time to do the work. Right. It's hard. And I mean and you got basketball games, you got practices, you got meetings, you got I mean whatever else you got. Plus you got family if you have family, whatever. Uh you know, near yeah, there's just so much going on and yeah, like I said, credit to the credit to these athletes in whatever sport that they're doing it to be able to stay on top of your academics. That is so incredible. So Utah State will have back to back home games in uh, in basically late January in the conference schedule. Mm-hmm. January January twenty second and twenty fifth. It'll be a Wednesday and a Saturday. That's Air Force and Colorado State. Then the following week they're on the road for the next two games. Then they return home for two games in a row. That's February 5th and 8th for UNLV and Boise State. Then they're on the road for two games. They return home to play Wyoming. Then there's a bye, face San Jose State, and finish at New Mexico. Uh, Before that rundown that I just gave you, basically it's every other game, they're home and road, home and road, home and road. So it's a little shaky at the beginning, but it starts to settle when you get to the end of January. And continues on a every other week. You're on the road or you're at home. Yeah. So yeah. I, I applaud that from the Mountain West. They listened to you, Eric. <laughs> they heard your complaints That's, loud and clear. Heard my and they think whatever we cry can do for in the Eric, wilderness. We will do it. Some news from Utah State women's basketball. Actually, one one thing more from Utah State men's basketball. The news today. Uh, Craig Smith has announced the addition of Curran Walsh to the basketball staff. Uh, he was a but most recently at Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles uh, for two years. He's also helped out with Chris Johnson hoops with player development with a lot of NBA guys. Mm-hmm. He's also done a lot with uh, high school basketball. But he joins USU men's basketball staff. But who is he replacing? That hasn't been official. I have thoughts, but I'll keep them shut. Yeah. Got to be replacing somebody. Yep, keep you can't shut. just add guys to your staff. So don't tell Craig what he can do and not do. 
you have certain numbers. It's the NCAA that says what he can't do. Don't can. tell him what he can or can't do. Uh, news from the Utah State women's basketball. Uh, they're heading to Mexico this summer. Uh, they get to go on a foreign tour. They're going to be there from August 10th through the 18th. And they will visit a few things, a few places along the way. But they're going to compete against four teams from Mexico. And that allows the team to report earlier than normal, gives them 10 extra practice days. Uh, they get to visit Tulum. They get to visit the island of Cozumel, Punta Sur, and another place, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. But um, anyway, the team will be doing things August 14th through 18th for the games themselves. Huh. That's interesting. So these... These international uh, tournaments, these these tours are, are great for specifically developing teams because you get to practice more, you get to get together, and it's better than practices. You're actually playing against somebody else. Uh, I have a feeling that Coach Finkbeiner is going to need it because there's, again, uh, talk of uh, lots of turnover on that roster. Yeah, yeah, and when we say turnover, like major... Top talent. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, not good. I... I I don't get how that continues to happen. Last year, it didn't. We thought, hey, maybe, maybe things, things are settling fixed. down. But, nope. Not again. Um, last thing here real quick about college basketball. The NCAA men's basketball has announced that they are moving the three-point line back to the international distance of 22 feet, one and three-quarter inches. It'll go into effect this... Uh, next season for Division One, but we'll wait for 2020-21 for Divisions Two and Three. Do you like moving it back? Yeah, it's gonna be kind of fun. I want to see what what the game plan will be f- for other teams. I'll tell you this though, it will put a lot of pressure on Amish Keta to one be disciplined, and two to be able to cover in case guys get beat off the dribble. Because more so than anything, teams could get beat off the dribble. Um, or no, I mean, guys can get beat off the dribble because you think they're going to hit it, you know, go for a three, pump fake, whatever. Go to the, I mean, they'll just go to the hoop a lot more to draw the contact. And, and if that's the case, you really, um, call, you got to be, you got to be alert if you're in the post, if you're a big man. So again, a lot of, a lot of discipline and a lot of pressure will be put on Nimi Ishketa, but I think he'll be okay. Well, it, I think it's going to help spacing. I think it's going to That's help true. movement. So the current line is at 20 feet, 9 inches. Mm-hmm. And after it was moved back from the 19 feet, 9 inches prior to the 2008-2009 season, NBA three-point line ranges from 22 feet in the corners out to 23, 23 feet, 9 inches uh, once you start to get the full arch. So... I like it. Um, I agree. It's going to create some spacing. It's going to create a better movement. It's also going to force those people that aren't really good at three-point shooting to not try to go out there and flirt with shooting a three-point shot. I think it's going to uh, kind of uh, sift some of that out. If you're a good three-point shooter, if you're if you're a shooter, period, 
you'll go out there and you'll be okay trying to attempt a three-point shot. If you're an average shooter, maybe you'll second-guess whether or not you should take that shot. Mm-hmm. And instead, put the ball on the floor and drive or set the screen and roll inside for a little bit closer shot for you. So I, I like it. I think it might get sloppy a little bit. I mean, three-point percentage is probably going to go down a little bit. But maybe not. I mean, maybe it'll actually go up because the average shooters will not be attempting bad shots anymore. Yeah, hey, I mean, it could be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how good Sam Merrill can shoot it from deep. According to the committee, this is uh, according to a uh, report about this this line uh, approval that's going happening for college basketball. Moving the three-point line back will clear the lane for more drives to the rim, make three-point shots more challenging and therefore less prevalent, and improve offensive spacing. Uh, they're also they also approved resetting the shot clock to twenty seconds after an offensive rebound, which I like. Yeah, moves things along. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. They will reset the shot clock to twenty seconds after an offensive rebound. Yeah, that's good. Interesting. Uh, other proposals that did get approved: players will be assessed technical fouls for using derogatory language about an opponent's race, ethnicity, religion, gender, sexual orientation, or disability. Uh, coaches will be able to call live ball timeouts in the last two minutes of the second half and overtime, and conducting instant replay review for goaltending or basket interference calls in the final two minutes of the second half and overtime. So I like I like all of them that got approved. Uh, interesting. All right, so some final thoughts before we head off to the weekend. And uh, again, the NBA Finals Game 4 is coming up tonight. What's on the line for both teams? We'll give our final thoughts and predictions coming up next on the Full Court Press. A new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And don't forget, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 1069thefan, and you can see our pick six for this week, plus the field goal. Some more challenging, nine different things to try to get correct for this weekend. I'm nervous because Nadal already dispatched Roger Federer for the French Open and potentially going up against Novak Djokovic. And the guy's won it 11 straight times or 11 times overall. And he just is unstoppable on clay. And I, I picked against him. I'm very nervous. Uh, one thing we all got correct was the FIFA World Cup, Women's World Cup, mm. got underway today. France blanked South Korea 4 nothing. I set the line at France by 1.5. We all took the over. Okay, can I just be honest? I flat out guessed because I really didn't know. The only team I watch is USA. 
If India was in it, I'd probably watch them too, but they're not because no. they, they're not good at soccer. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I, yes, I would. That's my home country. I'm Prince Abibababwa. Did you even name one player? Yeah. On their team? Yeah. Aladdin. <laughs> and Prince Abibababwa. Oh, boy. And Jafar. What, you're talking about the women's team? Jasmine. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who have you got tonight in the Golden State Warriors, Toronto Raptors, Game 4? Uh, starts at 7 o'clock our time on ABC. So I said earlier that I thought the Raptors were going to win. Uh, man, I've been wrong every time. So I might as well be wrong again. The Raptors are going to win. Uh, Golden State's favored by 5. Were they favored the last game too? Yes, they were. Well, that four and turned and out well for them. Also, they also they add another point onto it. <laughs> hey, we just got the we just got the spread wrong. Let's do it by five now. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> Take see it if it works. Four and a half to five. <laughs> Actually, it opened at five and a half for Golden State. Oh my gosh! It, it's gone Dude. down to five. Yeah, Not a big movement, but I I think Golden State will win. I think having Clay Thompson back, even in a minor role, helps things a lot for what Golden State wants to do offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a very close game. However. Uh, I think Toronto's got a lot of confidence now. I think they believe that they can win this thing, and um, they're they're going to make a game of it. But I think in the end, Golden State will come out in a in a very close game. I could be totally wrong though; it could be a total blowout, and Toronto takes a commanding lead in this. Uh, but I think you have to keep an eye on Steph Curry. With all the work that he's had to do to mm-hmm. this point, the load management—not just from last night, but yeah. to this point—yeah, he's been leading this team. I would totally agree with for that. Two and a half, three weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. Uh, and I know it's something he likes to take upon his shoulders, but I don't know how much you can take upon it more. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. It starts at seven o'clock tonight on uh, on ABC. Um, if Golden State wins this series, does Durant play Game Five, or do you think he's done? Period for the rest of the series. If Golden State wins tonight, yeah, I think if he's healthy, he's going to play. Way to dodge the question. Uh, I, I think that if he's healthy, he'll play. Okay, whether that's in Game Five or Game Six, or if there's a Game Seven. All right, because he'll want to have his imprint somewhere yes. that he participated sure. in the finals. Absolutely. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I have a somewhat inconvenient announcement for NBA fans. I hate to do it, but we may need to interrupt all the excitement of the impending free agency period with the NBA Finals you actually have to watch. Up two games to one, the Raptors are either going to push the Warriors to the brink or actually win this thing. That used to be a big enough story in itself. Now it has to share the stage with the Brooklyn Nets making a minor deal to clear salary cap. It's also about free agency, especially this summer. You could blame this on fans' short attention span. But the offseason brings all the teams back into the mix, and that's why the NFL Draft is so popular. Several franchises are about to have very interesting weeks, and I get it. I just think sometimes we get way ahead of ourselves as a sports nation, certainly in basketball. We have actual games. Enjoy them while you can. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.